Good morning. It's Celeste from Me After Work, You Don't Know What You Don't Know podcast, until you know. And today we're joined by Anjani Amrit. Hi there. Thanks for coming. It's a um, pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're a sole purpose mentor. Yes. Okay, what is that? It's a many and varied thing, um, but essentially what I do is I really help people uh, find purpose and meaning in their lives, in their careers, in their businesses, in their relationships. Um, Too often we lose sight of that, we lose sight of what's meaningful to us, and when we do that, we kind of get into that daily grind of life where we're just doing something on autopilot and we've lost our connection to who we are and why we're here. So, What's the difference between uh, soul purpose and life purpose? Love that question. So life purpose is more an external thing. So life purpose looks like, I, you know, clients will come to me and say, I want a bigger house. I want to change jobs. I want a relationship. I want to find my soul partner. I want to create my own business. I want to get out of corporate, all those things. So that's more life purpose where you're looking to create something external from you or have something external in your life. Soul purpose is more an internal journey. It's an internal service searching of who am I and where's my place in the cosmos, which tends to lead to people wanting to make a difference in the world, serve humanity in some way. Now, neither of them are better or worse than the other. It just depends on where you're at. So with our life purpose, where Mm. does this desire for wanting, wanting, wanting Mm. come from? Like continuously wanting more? We're socialized into it. It comes from society. And when society trains us from a young age to search for something outside of us to be happy, then we are we become entrained to that and we lose our natural intelligence. We lose that innate ability to know who we are and what we want. So what drives happiness? Is it the life purpose or the soul purpose? It depends on... It's a good question and I kind of don't want to answer that question but I'll tell you the the answer to what it really is and if you want to ask me about happiness, happiness is, um, is all about is what I want in this moment coming to me? Then we're happy, we're satisfied. Is what I want right now here with me? And so if we're wanting something external then we have to go out and get it and make effort whereas if it's me if I'm happy with me if I'm good with me then we're all I'm always going to be happy because I've always got me as a companion I love that so much um what do some of your clients come to you for and do they come to you knowing that you're this you know the sole purpose mentor like does the business guy or the business woman come in and go I'm I'm, I need a sole you know purpose mentor No, of course not. They come to me with their problems, their challenges, their issues. So typically they're wanting to transition out of a corporate role. They have a dream. They want to um, go into the more natural healing or wellness or coaching or mentoring themselves. They want to bring mindfulness um, into their lives. The other type of client that comes to me is someone who's in corporate and they want to do that work in the corporate field. So I've got someone at the moment who's making massive waves in in a multinational global company, bringing mindfulness and meditation and 
you know, her soul's purpose, her dream to do that into the corporate world, which is truly exciting for So her. you don't have to leave your job to find your soul purpose or life purpose? Like. No, absolutely not. It can be right where you are, but just bringing more of your authentic self, more of your passions, more of what makes you happy, what sets your heart on fire, bring that into the corporate world, into your world, into your into the business that you work in, into the organization. Be more true, be more realistic, be more authentic about who you really are. How do you know if you're not being authentic? It's real easy, right? It's so easy. It's are you happy at work? Are you joyful? Do you spring out of bed going, oh my goodness, I can't wait to get into work? Then you're doing that. You know, you're excited, you're motivated. It's never about the company. You know, the client that I just told you about, she just wanted, she was desperate to get out of the corporate world and get out of that organization. And now it's the most amazing thing for her because she gets to do what she loves in that organization and it's making massive changes. So if you're not following it, you're tired, you're stressed, you're exhausted, you're grumpy, you're you're apathetic, you're miserable, you know, you're always tired, you're not you're not inspired by life, there's no inspiration, there's no joy. So are you saying that all of those feelings come from within and it's not because you're not where you think you should be in life? Always. It's an inside job. Life is an inside job. Happiness is an inside job. What are the signs that you are on purpose? I know you said about you wake up feeling great, but um, are there other signs? Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> such a big question. <laughs> yeah. We're looking at each other like, oh, we know. Yeah. And, and it's real simple too. This is a good thing, but no one teaches us this at school, right? At university. You know, I went to university. No one told me this. I did a law degree. No one taught me this. The signs are the buoyancy of life, the flow. So a lot of people, you know, call it the flow state. And really it's that impulse. Are you impulse in a way that makes you feel bouncy, that makes you feel excited, that makes you feel keen and eager, that brings you ease. Mm. They're the signs. And then, you know, the other signs are those synchronicities that start happening in your life. Like, I just know someone's going to call me. I know that this person's going to call me. And boom, they call you or they go, I was just thinking about you. It happened to me this week. I was in a random cafe I'd never been to before. And um, an MD, the MD of Hay House, not tapped on my shoulder and I was like, oh, hi how are you and he was like you're going to live to a hundred and I said what what do you mean he said well we have this saying where I come from that if you're thinking of someone and then you see them that day it means they're going to live to a hundred and he said I was thinking of you today and then there we were we met in that cafe that I'd never been to I just you know just happened not to be there so it's all those kinds of things, you know, when things flow to you easily, people often think we have to work hard and that's where we that's where we stuff it up. Okay, so all the, the gurus out there talk about, self-development gurus talk about that the harder you work, the more successful you're mm. going to be. Mm. But how do you answer that? <laughs> yeah, um, I disagree. I really disagree. In my experience and the experience I've had working with my clients is that when I'm working hard, 
what I'm really doing is I'm saying I've got to do this by myself and I have to make happen I have to make it happen right but when I let go and I trust my connection with all that is that power of the consciousness that created this thing called a spinning rock in the middle of a void of mostly dark matter that is perfectly tilted to support life you know if I connect to that then I have infinite power, I have infinite influence. And that's not supernatural, that's natural. A lot of the proponents of self-development these days are into be supernatural, be super attractive. And I'm like, why don't you just be natural? Mm. It's the most effortless, easy thing. How do you connect to the infinite power? It's an intention. And it's so simple. It's so, so simple. So there are some amazing yogic practices that I teach that are very simple. It's like 10 minutes that you do a very particular time of the day when the, and you can look at it, science, science will back it up. The centrifugal forces of the planet are at their peak that you can dial into that. So it's all about knowing the natural cycles of the planet, the natural cycles of season, the natural cycles of life and dialing in at the right time and then you get that access to all it is. You just, it's just so easy, it's so simple. Is, it, is this like hippie talk? What's hippie or talk? Or woo-woo or, yeah, you know, it's, why? It's talk, it's the most natural thing that we have come so far because we're living in an age of technology, okay? A yuga or age of technology. So technology is our current, our current god. You know, everyone's plugged into it. So we can plug into that for sure and it helps us, but it's become our master and we've become slaves to it. Mm. Whereas if we plug into nature, that's when we are buoyed by life. That's when we are, you know, I was thinking as I was driving here today, what's been my favorite, what questions you're gonna ask me? What's what's my most amazing experience I've had this, this week? And out of everything I've done, it was the walk that I had in nature for two hours by myself. That was the standout for me. Plug me back in, help me get perspective on what's real for me, where my direction is, who I am in the world, my place in the world. It just was the most, and it, it's still there, it's still with me, that experience. What, um, indecision and having a lot of choices and options and how do you deal with that because you're saying um connect back in and and find the sole purpose but and go with the natural flow but then there's the other side of our lives where there's so many choices to make so many decisions how how do we find that balance Mm -hmm. again it's so it's such a it's an easy practice but when you're when you're trained in being up in your head and thinking your thoughts all the time then you're not connecting to your natural intelligence and so to connect to your natural intelligence we have to come out of our thoughts and so it's a real a real easy question you can ask yourself is am i now at the moment thinking my thoughts or am i receiving them if you're thinking them then you you're 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 going to be in a quandary you're going to be like oh my gosh there's like a million things i could do right now but if you're if you take a moment to stop take a pause and connect then you can start receiving information from your inner self your inner guidance your natural intelligence and that will always 
tell you and inform you. Like if you were using your natural intelligence right now, and this is from my teacher, he goes, it w- if you are connected to your natural intelligence, would you choose joy or pain? Which would joy? Joy. Exactly. Would you choose heartache or happiness? Happiness. Okay, so that's your natural intelligence. You see how it's right there? Mm. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to read a book. It's right there. You know. And you know what? We pride ourselves on our mental intelligence. Yes. And just overcoming or (laughs) rethinking that that's not, that doesn't always have the answers Mm. is... The situation yeah. in itself. Exactly, exactly. And we're not taught. You know, some of the most ancient scriptures teach us about the fact that there's five minds. There are five types of mind. It's not just one. If just knowing that, you can go, oh, so it's not just thinking. It's not just a thinking brain. There's something beyond that. Yes, there are four other levels to it beyond that that are of higher intelligence. Um how did you get to the this profession or this job or this the sole purpose meant like where did it come from where, like what steps have you taken to get to this moment in your life the turning points have always been points of great suffering pain or misery for me um sometimes great joy but mostly you know mostly we learn through okay this is getting really bad i've got to make a change so for me, um, growing up in a, when I was younger, growing up in the north of Yorkshire, in a mining town, in a working class environment, from a, and you know, I was raised in a family of domestic violence. And so the, the, the main driver when I was young is to get out. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to get out and as far away from that environment as I could. And so I drove myself to get out of there and excel. I excelled at school, I excelled at university, and then I excelled in a career in law. And I just became this other person that I thought could, you know, win, be a success, be happy. And um, so that was a main driver for me when I was really young. And, you know, I had a blistering legal career. I was working in the most prestigious law firms in the world, uh, traveling first class, business class, negotiating billion and trillion dollar deals. So on the outside, it looked like, yeah, I'm super, I've made it, I'm super happy. And on the inside, I was literally falling apart because I was so disconnected from my natural intelligence from, from who I really was. Um, so where does the contrast come between you wanting, thinking something is right and mm-hmm. actually it not being until mm-hmm. you ask yourself inside, is something not right? Like, mm-hmm. how did you realise that? I, um, you know, there are some intervening acts that happen and I, I call these, you know, your your soul flagships where, you know, the flags where something happens and you go, well, that was a bit random, but not really. So I met, so I came to Australia and I got a job in Australia and it was just the easiest thing as a lawyer. I, I got this job and I was like, wow, this was really easy. And I sold my house, it was really easy. And I ended up in Australia and I ended up meeting someone who uh, ran meditation. And so I went to this meditation class thinking, oh, this is a bit, 
this is a bit weird and they're all hippies and you know what you just said <laughs> and I felt so out of it and um, and I got there and he started the meditation and it was just like this oh it was just this time in my life that it was like switching the light switch on and everything was just blazingly clear to me and in that meditation I'm literally merged with everything this was my experience I couldn't I didn't I couldn't discern the end of my body and all of everything there was just this full merging in my first ever meditation class it blew my mind I say to people it was like taking a class drugs not that I've ever taken drugs because you know I took a half a Baraka once and it was a messy I can't do caffeine or anything I'm very sensitive but it that experience really informed me what did that it feel was, like I had a smile on my face for three days I felt it felt like elation and it felt like utter joy and bliss and it lasted for three days and I was like that was the best experience I've ever had in my life I want more of that and I think like you say when you don't know you don't know so it's the experiences we have in life that switch these little lights on that we just go wow there's actually more to life than I'm currently living there's more and so did that then trigger um, a feeling in you saying this isn't the life I want that I'm having yeah absolutely the contracts were so big that I realized wow I could have that and I'm having this I want more of that so then that took me on a journey of self-discovery and I studied yoga and meditation and energy healing and psychosynthesis and Ayurvedic medicine and I just gobbled it up it was just like drinking gallons of water while you're still studying law uh, working in law yes I was working in law and I and I went part-time and then ultimately I ran my own legal practice to support myself studying all this other stuff in life that you know coming from north of England was was not even on my radar no no one knew about it you know you couldn't access it anywhere wow mm-hmm. and so in the last say five or ten years you've done all this this training and this study mm. traveling a lot I know you've traveled yes. <laughs> done retreats working with clients mm. when did you diversify or sorry when, when did your path take you to the sole purpose mentor mm. you know what because when I first met you you mm. weren't and I don't like to use titles but that, that wasn't kind of similar similar mm. um, thread but not so defined mm. yeah it takes time you know people think that they that their purpose is this one thing that they just need to get from somewhere outside of them and then they can do it and it's not the case we we grow our purpose is like our north star it's our guiding light that takes us along our path of of true north that helps us evolve and grow who we are as a person and so it was over a period of time it was like over a period of about five years of you know asking myself what am I doing here what's my body of work what am I really about and then I had this realization one day I was like oh duh it was so obvious because I had 
fallen into my purpose you know I'd realized my purpose through my transitions out of the corporate world and into helping other people understand about their physical wellness and mental health and mindfulness meditation energy healing I was helping people discover who they were and what their purpose was because I'd done it and I found the answer and so I realized there's a there's a strategy here there's a there's a way in which I can take people step by step through this to discover this themselves because that's just what I did that was what I did and that's really a good indication of your purpose is look back look at your life and look at all the things that you've done and experienced because they're all you know shifting you toward your purpose when you look back at yourself you know even 20 years ago mm. what are some of the the big things that have actually changed your whole aspect like you know you don't know what you don't know Mm. what were the the standout obviously meditation you said Mm. it's the experience it's experiences it's not it's never what you've read in a book Mm. it's never what the thoughts that you think it's when you go somewhere and you are affected deeply by something or someone who is more connected to all that is than you are that those are the standouts for me. So when I, you know, times when I've been to my teacher's ashram in India and just had these massive moments of self-realization, just sitting in the ashram, just quietly by myself, just wow, massive realizations. Um, the meditation was another one where I just, you know, had this massive experience of something beyond what my mind could think. Though it's experience. And mm. um, that's why I take people on retreat to sacred sites because sacred sites really mean places on the planet that have got this what I call initiated energy about them where Is this the portals and everyone yes. calls about portals? Okay. Yes. Right. Keep going. Or, vo- or vortexes. Or vortexes, okay. Like energy vortexes that are just spewing out high vibrational energy. Getting into nature, you get that to a large extent. And then knowing where these huge energy vortexes are on the planet and taking people there, I don't have to do very much with them. They just soak in that energy and that vibration. That's what temples are for traditionally and have been. Temples are places of high vibration. But over time, you know, people forgot how to really build a temple, all about the the scientific geometry and geography about it. So they just would start building brick houses and think that it's all there, and it's not. There are very specific ways of how to build energy and how to work with energy and how to connect in with energy. Do you think Australia is a portal? Absolutely. There's one in... um, So there are energy centers in the world that match the energy centers in our physical body and one of them is in is at Uluru and it's the solar plexus chakra of the planet and that's why I, I like taking people there because they get huge realizations and huge experiences of expansion and knowing and wisdom and realization when they go there it's a huge place of healing for people we're just going to go back a bit we spoke about to tap into your natural intelligence, you need to let go. Mm. Like this letter. How the freak do you do that? This <laughs> <laughs> is probably the hardest thing ever. But mm. how do you do that or, or where do you start? Because mm. especially if you're so pigeonholed in your life mm. um, and, you know, everything feels okay. Mm. Like, yeah. 
Well, if everything feels okay and you feel okay, then you're not going to have much of a desire or drive to make a change. And so really it starts with a desire to make a change. That's what it starts with, a desire to learn something new, to experience something new. If you're at that place, then um, it's going to find you because you're asking for it. And so the only thing that you have to do is be on the lookout. So you have to look, you have to see beyond the daily routine, the daily grind. So look at those little idiosyncrasies, those times in your life when you meet a random person and you're open to it. So I would say a real easy place to start is by taking responsibility. And what I mean by that is responsibility means an ability to respond to what life is presenting to you in the current moment. Oh, that's, I've never heard mm. someone explain it like that. That's mm. perfect. Yeah. If you're open to that, it's like, and I, you know, an example would be if you're in a car and you're at a junction and you're waiting to come onto the main road and you've got your indicator and you're waiting for a car, someone to let you in um, or the lights to change. And often people are sat and they're busy on their phones or, you know, doing whatever, looking at themselves in the mirror, picking their nose, and they're not really focused on the opportunity that's about to come to let them into the flow. Often they miss it. They miss it. They miss it. And the number of times I flash my lights, come on, come in, but they're not, they're not paying attention. But are they ready for it? No. Yeah. Okay. No, they're not. So where does, you know, why do we have a desire for change? And this probably wraps into, I had a question about transformation. Mm. You know, what happens in our life for us to trigger this, Mm. you know, strong desire? Mm. It's a a great question. Often it's this. It's usually the same thing, right, for people. I feel like you're going to say exactly The diagnosis. Okay, yeah. The diagnosis, um, the, um, the breakup of a relationship, an important relationship in your life, a very significant one, a, a death of someone close to you, um, losing a job. Usually that's when people come to me. So it's like the end of something as a preparation for the yes. birthing or... Absolutely. And typically as a society, we don't do endings well and we tend to wallow in them a lot. Mm. And really the ending is is the start of the new, but we try, out of fear, we hang on to what is or what was because we it takes us into the unknown. And that's where I people, I help people is, how do you navigate the unknown until it becomes known to you. It's like you say, what you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And that's the biggest fear for people is the unknown. They know their life, they know how it was in their job and now they don't have the job. (gasps) I'm suddenly in the unknown, now I'm terrified. Mm -hmm. And the unknown is the best place to play in because you can create anything from that space. So I help my clients gently, I navigate them towards the unknown and then just get them to stand there for a little bit and Mm. feel it and they go, oh, oh, I'm terrified, I'm terrified, I'm terrified. Okay, just breathe, be with your body. How are you feeling now? Oh, less terrified. Okay, now just stay here. How are you feeling now? Oh, I feel okay now. Okay, now look around you, what's there? Oh, wow, there's this and there's this and there's this. And we're constantly stepping into the unknown. Like if we 
let go. Yes, if we if we let go and allow ourselves to, and that's where all the gifts are. That's where the miracles are. So once you do that, what what, what are the miracles? What are the gifts? Oh, joy, peace, self confidence, understanding, self awareness. You know, all all those things that are internal, the internal knowing of who I am and why I came here. It's it's as simple as that and as difficult as that. Mm. But it's it's worth it, isn't it? Yeah, the purpose of life, you know, all those big questions get answered. (laughs) (laughs) We spoke a bit about your previous realisations, but you've been on this massive journey, and like everyone, but... Where is it going from here? And I know it's a guess, mm. right? Because mm. you don't know. But yeah. where do you feel like the where, where's the unknown going to take you? M- more, greater joy, great, greater. I can't emphasize this enough, right? Because people will, when listening to your question, will go, "Oh, what's she going to do next? What's she going to?" But we are creators. This is our essence. We live in a thing called creation. Mm. Okay, creation is what we live in. It's a big indicator of what we're here for. Okay, so we are creative beings and we're here to co-create. We're literally playing with the black void to see what else we can create. That's why we're here. So we're here to have fun doing that. And most people tie themselves up in knots thinking I'm here to earn money and get a house and you can have all that stuff, but... Are you doing it with joy? Are you really tapped into your natural intelligence, your natural creative spark? Because from that place, you'll do amazing things in life. You'll inspire millions of people. You'll inspire everyone around you. Everyone without even trying. You know, I had a I had a message from my mum this morning saying your cousin's tr- been trying to get hold of you. He's um, turning his life around. He's um, battling battled his demons. He's feeling really good about himself, and he wants to let you know that you're his favourite out of all the family, and he just really appreciates all that you are and all that you've done for him. And I was like, mm. but I've hardly spoken to him. You know, you don't know the power of your influence when you connect to your innate intelligence. That that is so powerful that you can do anything that you put your mind to. That's what you get from this. As a like a rough estimate, mm. how often are we actually connected to our natural intelligence? Or very rarely, like in a day. You know, even me now. Uh, a fleeting moment here and there (laughs) if we're lucky if it's so natural Mm. why is it so difficult it's more difficult when we live a modern life because we're tapped into other things external technology it's we're so drawn to that it's like the shiny bright thing and so we have to make an effort and this is the only effort really we need to make to take some time out and just be with ourselves. Just sit there and go, well, how am I feeling right now? What do I need? What do I really want? I love asking my clients that question. You know, if you hear it, if you're listening to this, just take a moment and just ask yourself, now, what do I really want? What do I really want right now? You're writing a book, currently writing a book called The Nine Realizations, a user's manual on how to elevate your natural intelligence and make it work for you. Mm. 
the nine realizations. That's a long title, isn't it? Yeah, I know it's a nine realization, but I just wanted to cover that it was a manual. What what are the? Can you just tell us one or two of the realizations without telling us too much, or one, or just what's it mean? Yeah, the, the 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 key message to this book is, you know, it came from it came from you know from the last kind of decade of all the studies that I've gone deep into and all the realizations that I've had. So it's come from my own life experience and working with other people and their experiences. Realizing that, like you said, natural intelligence, it's not that is like common knowledge. It's not so common. Mm. So how do we how do we tap into that? And the bigger real the biggest realizations I've had come come from, you know, reading reading things that come from sages, like the ancient scriptures. So I'm talking about the Vedas, like the Rig Veda and the Upanishads and the Puranas and um, and all those kind of books that were written by very um, very enlightened masters thousands and thousands of years ago. And having this realization that the, most people aren't going to have access to those. And even if you do, they're so deep and they have to be experienced. And so my intention with this book is to really distill. And my teacher often says to me, the hardest thing is to make something complicated really simple. So I wanted to write a user's manual for life because people say, well, why isn't that just a book I can read? Well, there are many, but it's, do you have access to them? And usually no is the Mm. answer. So this is really a manual for life, a user's manual that gives you access to these wisdoms in a way that you can easily implement them into your life. Like mm. so easily that you can understand them that they that I'm bringing the ancient into the modern world and bridging those two worlds together you know a lot of the work I do is to bridge the worlds of the, the head and the heart how do you do that how do you do it practically and tactically and so that's the that's the main aim of the book who do you think should win the head or the heart <laughs> It's not a competition, and we have to work with both. Okay, that's the key. So, if we're very heady and up in our minds a lot and very physically focused, then I will work with people to open their hearts a little bit more. If they're very in their hearts and you know a bit hippy dippy, hairy fairy, piece of mung beans, then I will help. And people, you know, that's not to say that that's a bad thing, but often people with that um, kind of approach to life don't tend to have um, a way, a platform, a foundation in which to influence other people and really help other people. So we've got to use both intelligently. Mm-hmm. And when we connect those two things, then we're really working with our natural intelligence, anchored in the heart and using the mind as a really good servant, that we are using it in a way that's helping our natural intelligence, not fighting against it. What's the difference between natural intelligence and intuition? Intuition is a part of our natural intelligence. It's the way in which we can access our natural intelligence. Okay, yeah. So our intuition is our inner knowing. And how do we connect to that? By being present right here in this moment. 
And you can just simply ask yourself, like I said, am I thinking this thought or am I receiving it right now? So funny, I went to a trivia night, mm. not a trivia night, a, a night where they had five questions of trivia. Yes. And I, my, I, I go, that's the answer. And then my mind started getting and changed it. And then the answer was what I thought first. Yes. But I kept thinking, how did I deviate so quickly from mm. my first response? Why mm. do we do that? We don't trust our natural intelligence. Why? Because it's beyond the mind. Oh, I love that. And when if we're ruled by our mind, then we will immediately dismiss it. You know, when I get people to just tune in with their body and say, what are you feeling? What are you perceiving? And they'll go, well, it may sound really stupid. And that I can see that their minds are already overridden, their natural intelligence, their natural knowing. So intuition is simply, it's the most natural thing for us to have, intuition. So you're saying, just say or, or get out all those things that you think are stupid. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. Your, your yeah. first reaction, you think it's stupid, actually yeah, just get it out. Of, go with it because it's, it's the truest form of who you are. And there's great power in that, okay? And often we will have a lot of fear around speaking our truth. You know, I had to do this recently where um, I was involved in this amazing um, school of um, teaching people about their higher consciousness. And um, it just seemed like the perfect fit. I set it up with some other people and it was it's just going great guns. And as soon as we started it and started teaching, I had this feeling in me like, okay, it's done for you now. And I ignored it. I was like, well, no, of course not, because we literally just started the programs and everyone's enjoying themselves and I'm enjoying myself. And there was this inner calling in me, this inner voice saying, you're done with this right now. You're done. This is it. And I ignored it for weeks and then I ignored it for months. And then what happened is I started crashing my car. I blew up my tire and then um, I stabbed my hand and spent five hours in an emergency room, you know, all of these things. And, I, and to me, I know that they're those signals that I'm not following my path. I'm not following my purpose. And I had to first admit to myself that, okay, this amazing thing that got created my part, the role that I played is done and that can go on and serve people and my and my role and my purpose is calling me somewhere else. Why did you um, have a, like, have, I don't want to say the word challenge, but have a challenge letting that go even though you thought that because this, is, this mm. is how we all think throughout our whole life, whether yeah. it's in business, relationships, mm. Mm friends you know yes. yes if you go with logic then logically it didn't make sense it never does like logically would it make sense to quit my job as a lawyer sell my house and go to India on a retreat does that make logical sense no <laughs> of course not but was it the thing that brought me amazing experiences and a life that I love right now yes so my logic was very attached to this thing that I had created. But my natural intelligence was saying to me, there's something else for you. You've played your part there. It's now time to play your part somewhere else and co-create something else with the universe. Okay, so the question is, how do we create faith and trust? Yeah, how do you do that? It's, it's still an inside job. You have to trust your own knowing. 
Okay, and it gets screwy there because you you will phone a friend. You will ask everyone else around you. How do they know what's best for you? No one will know what's best for you other than you. Mm. But often it's an inconvenient truth that you have to face. In other words, what I mean, I have to back out of what this whole thing that I've created. What I have to change the what I do in the world. I'm not a lawyer anymore, but I've just spent 10 years and thousands of dollars getting all of this under my belt, you know. Because there is this obsession with time wasted. Yes. Like you wasted yes. your time. <laughs> no, nothing. Here's the good news. Nothing is wasted. Not one little drop of life experience is wasted. It's all perfect experience for us to grow and evolve. And that's why we're here. That's the ultimate purpose. We're here to grow, learn, and evolve in wisdom. And then when we do that, we become the influencers for other people to do the same. Without even actually trying to be an influence. Without even trying. You're just going about your business, being true to yourself, honoring yourself, respecting yourself, having the courage to speak truths that you know everyone's not going to agree with or even understand. I will say, because I, I, I think it's it's really nice thing to say, when I first met you, um, you taught me the feeling or the feeling came mm. of being around someone. <laughs> of being around uh, what it felt like to be around someone that is so joyful. Mm. Like I never had really experienced that. And... Um, you really made me think about how I, I want to show up as that person. Mm. And I just, it was a massive realization for me personally. Yeah. 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 That's so great. Um, <laughs> just because we got to wrap it up, my last question is just for the listeners, really, if they, they have a desire for change, something doesn't feel like it's right or it's working or, you know, they're crashing their car and all these things are happening. Mm. What's the one step that they could do? Take a moment right now and ask yourself, is this what I really want? Is this why I really came here? Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.